Idiots, we're surrounded by idiots. A celebration of idiots. Put your idiot on. Get your idiot. I'm trying to say idiot hat. And idiot it was hat. a really old, get your idiot hat on. It was very hard to say. We could just go well, with the, the good old dunce cap. Get your dunce cap on. That's a that's much easier to say. Yeah, we should do a take two. But you know what? <laughs> I like to keep it real. It's a celebration of the real. Get your dunce cap on. That's a good one. See, I could write. You know what? If I if this was the 1920s, I bet I would be a a, a hit songwriter. Mm-hmm. Yep. That you could write. You could write them back then. Okay, so it is a tribute to idiots. You and I. Uh, Liberty Gimlet, we were going down over the list of stuff that we want to talk about, and I saw a theme present itself. Uh, and the theme is idiots. So we're going to spend uh, the next hour just making fun of these morons. There are morons around us, and their vote counts the same, and, and a lot of them get more attention than we do. So I want to start with uh, the whole NFL Take a knee. Take a knee. Here's my take on it. Uh, Okay. First of all, let's just get this out of the way. So all the people who are listening in their cars and waiting for the bus, I have got no problem with freedom of speech. I'm all about the freedom of speech. But guess what? You can't do it when you're on the clock. You can't do it when you're on the clock. And when you suit up and you take the field, uh, there's there's a code of conduct, okay, with the NFL. So n- now you you've kind of you don't have your freedom of speech. Like you can't uh, you can't get in a in a referee's face and start cussing them out. That'll be a penalty. You can't. Right. You just can't do it. So so that's one thing. Now here's my other thing with the whole take a knee movement. It is empty, it is hollow, it is pointless, and nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. It will affect zero change. Uh, I'm taking a knee because the national anthem in this country is racist. So because of the racism that's inherent in the system, I'm taking a knee. Digga, 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 digga. Morons. It's the same guys that were at the Occupy Wall Street. Remember when they occupied Wall Street? Yep. They and left a lot of the, they left a lot of trash and And remember of, all the big changes that came out of that? Remember when the Wall uh, Occupy Wall Street movement was so effective and all the rules changed? Me neither, cuz it was a bunch of stinky, grungy, douchey kids just throwing garbage around and being social justice warrior loser morons. I very rarely get angry, but this whole take any what are you doing? It's it's pointless. It's empty. It's hollow. Losers, 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 losers. Well, I will I will say this. It's not like they're not going to affect any change because I believe a lot of people today have decided to change the channel. Boy, I hope so. You I know. think that would be great. I, listen, if you're Colin Kaepernick, if you're somebody, if you're the third string wide receiver uh, and you're being interviewed – by the paper about the sports and you want to say something about race in America, God bless you. Go for it. Mm-hmm. But what are you, here's what I, Oh my gosh, this is, this is, <laughs> this is, I looked it up. 
Bill and Melinda Gates. Because I'm thinking about like that was the thing that killed me about Occupy Wall Street. They did nothing. They did nothing except for inconvenience people on their way to work, uh, garbage, zero change. There's there's nobody. Uh, I guess we're calling it take the knee now. There's nobody in charge of take the knee. There's no spokesman for it. They talked to Colin Kaepernick and that that moron uh, will, will go talk about people being oppressed while he's wearing a Che Guevara T-shirt. And so, praising Castro. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah like that's awesome. Zero, zero of clues. So if – get organized for – it's that's what I find so boring about it. Bill and Melinda Gates, and I guess this is the big difference. Bill and Melinda Gates have raised and spent from their foundation $41 billion. $41 billion on vaccines, on AIDS medications, on helping people, the truly oppressed people in third world countries. Bill and Melinda Gates have literally saved their lives. Mm -hmm. They raise money, they spend the money, they help people stay alive. If if you if if you are behind the whole take the knee, and here's what I here's what drives me crazy about this. Like, why am I solving their problem? Like, why why am I solving their problem? You're, you're an NFL player. You're very wealthy. Get some more of your NFL players together. Raise a little bit of money and and go to a, a crappy neighborhood in Detroit, in Chicago, in Philadelphia, anywhere, and help out. Help out. Well, and there's a number of players that do do that. That's the ridiculous part to me. There are players out there that are participating in mentoring programs, that are raising money for childhood cancer, that are raising money for vets with PTSD. I mean, if you go to the, the individual teams on the NFL website, because I went to look because I'm a curious person and I know they do a lot of that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. some, some of the things that that the NFL sponsors and, and the individual teams do are absolutely freaking fantastic. Do more it's of true. that. Do more a of lot that. Of it, a lot of it they do because their agents want them to do it and stuff. And hey, we've got to we've got to deal with uh, we got to deal with this this industry. So show up on Sunday and sign a ball and hang out with the kids. But yeah, there are a lot of here like uh, uh, LeBron James mm-hmm. who's in the thick of it now. He yep. does a lot of good work, but like yep. the whole. Take the like, is that just supposed to make people feel guilty? It's just like it's like ultimate social justice uh, warrior, blah blah blah. I find it boring, it's and that, I'll be honest. In that. full disclosure, I haven't. I I made a personal vow to myself to never give the NFL another nickel of my money when the Cleveland Browns went to Baltimore and became the Baltimore Ravens. That's when I said nope. No moss. They do not care about me. They <laughs> do not care about me, the fan. So I stopped. So this whole thing, to me, I, I can see the fun in it. I can just see the the, the fun and, uh, and and I can get outraged over it. But like I had – I have zero plans of watching uh, football on well, Sunday. I, I just – I just never well, go. Oh, I'm gonna watch. The, I'm gonna watch the football players today, and I can't stand those people. You know, like, oh, we're gonna get them today. We're gonna get them. No, no, we're not. You're going to watch, and that roided out lunkhead is gonna give himself permanent brain damage for your entertainment. Right. I mean, the whole thing is stupid. Well, I mean, I have to be honest because I now live in the South that I've been exposed to a culture that I, I haven't seen before, and that culture is college football. Um, yeah, and so we did a little experiment yesterday, and 
we went out to watch some college ball instead of going out to watch some NFL. And I'll tell you, I had such a better time. I mean, we're in a place with seven TVs. There's seven different games on. People are wearing all the jerseys. Oddly, the entire back was taken up um, by Miami fans. They're very organized and very, very, very dedicated. And we actually had a good time. So, you know, it's not like A, there's not alternatives and B, it's not like Goodell, most assuredly, is doing anything to help the league by doing this. College football is infinitely better. It's infinitely better. You know why? College football has a an emotional core to it. Mm-hmm. College football is supposed to be. It's kind of drifting. It's supposed to be about the school and school pride. You know, that's where I went to school. It's like high school. Mm-hmm. You know, I went here. I had a relationship with this institution. I care about it. Oh, right. my gosh. There's some kids that are still playing, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'll watch – Oh, my God. And then in college football, because of the short season, every game means something. Right. You can't like like Ohio State right out of the gate. We lost. So, uh oh, that's that's the season. So now you've got to think about it. It's I don't know. I, yeah. College football. Welcome aboard. Welcome yeah. aboard to the college football bandwagon. Yeah. Living in SEC country kind of opened my eyes and, and I just enjoy watching it. I mean, the level of play is honestly not that different than the NFL. Um, you know, a lot of the SEC has very professional organizations and it's just fun to watch. And it's more fun. That's what it's all about. It's more well, fun. I do politics all the time. It's part of what I do. It's part of how I make my living. Right. Um, sometimes I just want to get away from all that and I'm not going to listen to a bunch of sports casters go political pundit at, at, the break of the game it's it's just silly to me and the other thing i can't believe this just stunned me today mansion goes munchen however you say his name goes on tv munchen goes on tv and says as a private employer the nfl absolutely can stop this and everybody is like oh my god a member of the administration just said they're anti-free speech i was an hr director for 15 years Okay, no, no employer tolerates political speech at work. It's divisive. It it makes people not want to talk to each other. That's that's where (laughs) I I just I get so I like glaze over. I tweeted out a couple things today in in that vein. Yeah. And then you look at the tweets and you look at what's getting retweeted and the level of stupidity, just a flat out stupidity. And I, I don't want to like despise these people. I certainly don't. However, when a Christian bakery decides to take a knee and not bake a cake for a gay wedding, they're evil. They're mm-hmm. evil. They must be stopped. They have to. We got to go get them, throw them out of get them out of business. However, when it's someone they like, that's what drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. It's the double standard. When Tim Tebow takes the knee. Uh, to praise God and thank the Lord for his, uh, you know, career, his drive or whatever thing he was doing. Oh, my gosh, that has no place in sports. That has no place in sports. It's all just the 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 blowing winds of what's socially acceptable and what's in fashion. That's what drives me crazy. It's the that's ult- what is has the great weeping and gnashing of teeth over here. Well, it, it's just the ultimate virtue signaling. But I mean, okay, so you're supposed to have all these free speech rights at work, right? 
and nobody will answer this question for me because I've asked it about a dozen times. Talk to me about Brendan Eich and James Damore. James Damore at Google participated in a company-sponsored program and wrote a letter about what he thought it would make it a better place to work. Because Brendan, they asked him to. Because they asked him to. Brendan Eich made a personal political donation before he was ever affiliated with the company and still got canned. Don't talk to me about freedom of speech with private employers when we have clear examples of things that, that tell you that doesn't exist. I'm pro-life. How, how many of my employers would have tolerated me, you know, hanging a sign in my office that says pray to end abortion? None. Cross, cross None. your legs. Cross your legs for being a good parent. That's what you need to do. You need to have like a physical action. I go – I went to work at the office at IBM and I started all the girls. Let's cross our legs for babies. <laughs> oh, my god. But I mean – Cross your ankles for the children. They, they, they showed me the door. Exactly. It doesn't exist. Employers issue this stuff because it just creates an awful environment. It makes people angry. Wasn't there an old saying, you know, in polite company, you never discuss politics and religion? Uh, that used to be. That used to be the way. Uh, <laughs> it that, needs to that, come back. I just yeah. can't believe no NFL player, no NFL player, and now now some douchey little uh, – rookie for the Oakland A's, I believe, uh, took a knee for the national anthem. Not one of these, like, just muscle head, no neck having dorks has said, so, so, so what are we going to do today? Uh, we're going to take a knee. And they do the national anthem, we're going to take a knee. That's awesome. Then what? Like, no one says, then what? Are we, are we going to raise money? Are we going to help the kids? I don't know, man. We're going to take a knee. We're gonna take the knee. Are we gonna Are we gonna help? Uh, like, give these children food? Are we gonna help support small businesses? Are we gonna help kids go to college? Shut up, Lacroix. We're taking the knee. It's like, what are you gonna do? What's the plan? They have no plan. Look at me. I'm taking the knee. <laughs> Your baby needs vitamins. Well, he should have. He should have taken the knee with me. He should have taken the knee. He desperately needs a surgery. Without the surgery, he's not going to live, and he doesn't have the money. Well, he maybe he should take the knee. He should take the knee for this racist society. Which brings me right to Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel, who, <laughs> like, what is your? Oh, this is perfect. This is perfect because this is uh, the all-encompassing nature of. My frustration and why I started the flip side and why I started the Loftus party and all of the above is just to protest crap doesn't really help. You, no. you have to have a plan. So my plan was always to, OK, let's shine a light on this and have some kind of solution or at least be able to point people in a solution. So I would tell all the all the people who support the take the knee Start raising money, have somebody watch that money and help that money grow and invest it. Like if it's about if it's about police brutality, raise money so that every police officer can wear a video camera. OK, mm -hmm. there you go. Boom. Problem solved. Right. Jimmy Kimmel, you 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 giant tool. <laughs> well, Before, he's a tool of Chuck I was, Schumer. <laughs> yeah, he really is. <laughs> Here's here's an idea. Well, once upon a time, there was a very popular comedian, and his name was Danny Thomas. And what yep. Danny Thomas decided to do was raise money and start 
a hospital so kids could come in and they could get treatment and they wouldn't have to pay a dime. Now, this isn't new. The Shriners do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Danny Thomas did it with St. Jude's. And they are wonderful, wonderful. And, 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 and Jimmy Kimmel can blow me. He can lick my nuts. Okay, because, oh, my baby was born with blah, blah, blah. Okay, I have people in my immediate immediate family that I can say this horrible thing happened to them. And the Shriners came in and literally saved the day. Mm -hmm. And it cost my family nothing. So you can stand there and you can criticize and wonder why Sarah Silverman left you. And I think I know why she left. First of all, she got everything out of her career she needed from you. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. And, and maybe all you do is complain. So what's your solution, Jimmy? So I'm, I'm going to publicly challenge Jimmy Kimmel right now. Start a hospital. Start one. Start one so that every little baby that's born with a congenital heart defect can go and get treatment for $0 at the Jimmy Kimmel Hospital. Go. Put your money where your mouth is. You've got plenty. You lucky, lucky son of a gun. Well, and the stupid part of it is there is no hospital in the United States that turns people away because of their inability to pay. They write off that debt. I'm not saying that's a healthy system, but what I'm saying is the idea that people are going to be dying in the streets because hospital doors are going to be slammed in their face is just the biggest lie in the world. Well, <laughs> it's ultimately, just a lie. ultimately, the cost of that money goes to the people who already have insurance. Correct. They just pass it along to the people who can pay. So uh, myself, being a member of the struggling middle class, I have every every right. uh, You'd think I'd be the one bitching the loudest because I'm the one that's ultimately paying the bills. And then for them, oh, we need more, we need more, we need more. It, it drives me absolutely bonkers. Wow. I think I've said it before on this show. My uncle, God rest his soul, who was the uh, a physician in, in Akron for many, many years, mm-hmm. he told me when I was a kid, when I was a little kid, uh, that like half the – when he bills someone, when he presents them you know, for being the head of anesthesiology and making sure they didn't wake up during a surgery – Half his money goes uh, to malpractice insurance. So uh-huh. let's look. So let's look at that. And and the problem is so complex, and I I so don't want to get bogged down in the details. However, the I I believe and and I know you're on the same page here. So this is just the rah 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 portion of the of the program. So uh, get out your cheerleading uniforms. You either believe in free markets or you don't. I believe that we're better off with competition. And, and I, I don't want the government to run it because the government's not going to run it well. And all you people who are begging for government-run health health care, you're just begging for longer chains. You are, you, are in, you are actively enslaving yourself to a big, big government that does not care about you. No, they, they are don't. all liars. They are all liars, and they don't care about you. And our, our liar-in-chief – not liar-in-chief. That was a horrible thing – uh, the number one liar with a bullet this week, John McCain. <laughs> he just needs to come out as a Democrat. I, I, I'm sorry. You know, at the end of the day, he gave after he came back after his surgery, when he came to, you know, kill the Obamacare repeal because he's such a freaking hero. Um, you know, he said we need more bipartisanship. 
really, John, because you can't really. So his his grounds for opposing it is because it's not bipartisan enough. You, You cannot, in a bipartisan fashion, get Obamacare out of our lives. It, 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 in, in, in essence, because of the way we're insured, you pay three times as much for your care and you have to fight with your insurance company to get it. To even use your benefit, you got to get into a fight half the time. And it's only getting worse. Yes. <laughs> there, And that's what gives him our uh, idiot with a bullet, number one, mm-hmm. number one with a bullet, John McCain, I want to have a sit-down interview with this guy. I really do. And, I, and I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to have one question. How you feeling? And then okay. he'll tell me, oh, this, that, then this. And then I, I want one of those old-school uh, cassette players like uh, Sony Walkman like they use in Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll just play the audio from him running for re-election uh, in 2016 where we yep. need – we, this is a, a injustice. This is horrible. We need to get rid of Obamacare. We need to repeal it now. And then he'll go, well, that was in uh, – I was running for re-election and I'll just put my finger up like hush, 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 hush. And then <laughs> rewind it and play it again. Mm-hmm. Well, that's – you know that was, that was a different time and it didn't <laughs> – I cannot stand that. Well, I mean Arizona, Arizona, please – do something. <laughs> You're no longer a red state. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what what, what they're going to do. When is when is he up for re-election again? And he's got the brain cancer. And you know, it's not like he's going to run again. That's, well, that's the other thing. It's like he's positioned perfectly to like fall on this sword for the Democrats. Well, I'm just looking out for da 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 da. da. Well, and he's in office until, what, 2022, six years. He was elected and reelected in 2016. But the other senator from Arizona, Jeff Flake, is just jumping right on board with him with everything, you know, freaking amnesty. And uh, it, like, yeah, I, I don't understand how the uh, GOP challenger in Arizona doesn't win in the primary. I just don't. I don't see I don't see it either. Um, I don't see it either. Her name is Dr. Kelly Ward, and she is primarying Flake, and Flake is following John McCain right down to Idiotsville. So he he he. Oh man, I have like zero patience for John McCain now. I have zero patience for well, uh, Jeff Flake. Well, what an aptly named douche. Well, and poor Lindsey Graham, right? I mean, John McCain is his best friend. Just like somewhere, somewhere in Washington, D.C., Lindsey Graham is curled up in the fetal position in the dark, sobbing. (laughs) I mean, come on. You either Uh, you have your political allies or you don't. And I mean, that was just like, really, you just stabbed me in the back like that. It's here's the great the great uh, the comedy in all this for me, the Mm -hmm. the, when when my head hits the pillow, Lindsey Graham, (laughs) he should be he should be sidling up to Trump. He should be sidling up to Trump. Mm-hmm. I love how these people, they, they look at the way Donald Trump behaves and they oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. And listen, I don't want politicians to behave like this. I really don't. Trump is the once in a lifetime. It's a shooting star. You're like, what the heck did I just witness? And then and then we'll be listen, we'll be back to normal for, for the next next political cycle. However, uh, 
Trump goes out and he says these bombastic things and he's not wrong. Uh-uh. And, and Lindsey Graham should be sidling up to Donald Trump and going, wow, wow, you were right about John McCain. That guy is <laughs> – you are right. Loser. He's a loser. <laughs> He's you, a loser. You are, you are right. I uh, I was wrong about that. I, I you know I I really came at you hard about the whole John McCain thing, but here we are together. I loved uh, I loved Trump in Alabama. I lo- I I watched that. I stayed up late the other night to watch the repeat uh, of his little fundraiser for Big Jim Johnny or whoever the heck it is. But that was a wonderful speech. That was great. I didn't. I didn't see that particular speech. I uh, I watched the one at the UN. Oh, I heard that one was great. I missed that one. Oh, it's just you know. So he took out a big stick and he poked the tubby tyrant right in the eye. Uh, and you know, I think we just got so used to like the world apology tour for eight years that hearing that kind of um, language from a president was was a little bit shocking to some people. But if you go back and look at other speeches in front of the United Nations, um, they're not that different back when America was actually proud to be America. Right. <laughs> I totally I totally agree. And now people are like, uh oh, uh oh, he made the like you have to pick a team. You have to pick a team. You're either on the side of the U.S. or you're on the side of uh, Kim Jong-un. This guy's not a good dude. Everybody's like, oh, he's this, he's that, he's crazy. He wants this. He imprisons people. uh, His people are starving. So really you're going to criticize uh, Donald Trump? It's not like Donald Trump is out there lobbing missiles around. He pretty much said – this guy's got he's he's got a death wish because if he attacks us or his allies, there will be no more North Korea. I like that. I, I rest easy after hearing that. That's going to make that's going to make Rocket Man think twice uh, well, before it, launching. And it kind of did when you think about it, because he didn't spout off some kind of a ridiculous or threatening response. It took them a day and a half to respond to it. It was it was crafted. It was not, um, I, you know, I've called him crazy in the past, but it, it, it was not the response of a crazy man. No. And, and well, here's the good thing. After Trump's like huge threat, <laughs> which which is awesome, uh, China's now playing hardball. Right. With with the um, uh, the banking and all that stuff. So that be some a little bit harder. Trying to squeeze them a little bit harder. Squeeze away. Squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. Oh, stomp, stomp, stomp. I'm over you know, squeezing them hard. Just stomp on them. Just make it so that he suffers, not just the people he's ruling over. Somebody said that the other day on TV. I don't know if it was MSNBC or Fox, but they're like, start banning imports of stuff that he likes. Mm-hmm. Like if he likes, uh, you know, Diet Coke. Have a diet, no more Diet Coke in the country. If he likes, you know, Havarti cheese, yeah, no (laughs) more. No more. No more. Mm -hmm. If he likes getting Hummers from Dennis Rodman, no more Dennis Rodman. Yep. Dennis Rodman, you can no longer go to North Korea. We are not going to approve your visa. That'll get him. That'll get him coming around. Yeah. So uh, this is great. With this now, now I have a little geographical uh, segue. Ken Burns has that new. Uh, documentary about the Vietnam War, and there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of Korea in there because like yeah. that the whole yeah you got that that's 
you had the the French in Vietnam. It was a Vietnam was a colony of France, and then you had after World War II, then you had the Russians coming in and helping out, trying to make Korea completely communist and mm-hmm. America like we're drawing the line in South Korea, North Korea. That's where that whole thing started. Uh, blah blah blah. But boy, oh boy, that Ken Burns guy. Boy, he he loves he loves uh, Mao Zedong or not Mao Zedong. Who's the the Viet Cong guy? Uh, mm. Ho Chi Minh. Ho Chi Minh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, episode. I I only made it through episode one of Vietnam, but it's just like a love letter to Ho Chi Minh. Really? Oh my gosh! Yes. Dang. Because I like World- I liked his Civil War series. Civil War was great. Mm-hmm. Civil War was awesome, and it was even even handed. But this guy, uh, Ken Burns, he li- he likes the Ho Chi Minh. He he makes it sound like when uh, Ho Chi Minh's people were running around Vietnam, killing all the Catholics and killing all the people who wanted freedom. Uh, there was nothing Ho Chi Minh could do. Ho Chi Ho was off in the jungle. Ho was it was almost <laughs> it was almost. Like that lawyer from The Simpsons. Ho Chi Minh was off trying to raise funds for his army. He couldn't control his general who was killing all the Catholics and the political dissidents. Ho Chi Minh. It's, it was really bad. It was wow. really, I mean, it was, it was finally put together, but it's like, hey, easy on the, uh, the Ho Chi Minh love fest. <laughs> Ho Chi Minh just wanted what was best for his people. He couldn't control his general who was taking part in genocide throughout the Viet Cong, Vietnamese jungle. Yeah, so, yeah. Here, but here's the deal, and it's exactly what I thought was going to happen. Uh, Vietnam, the, the people who were, were for the war in Vietnam, mm-hmm. with the whole, here, here comes communism, here it comes. They have a very valid point. Because mm-hmm. after World War II, Russia was gobbling up countries. China was expanding. I mean, you you could see it. It was happening. They were redrawing the maps. Right. So we kind of had our put to put our foot down and uh, and stop it. Enough so is enough. we had a, <laughs> enough's enough. And the, the thing that kills me about it that drives me crazy, and I talk about this in my stand up, and maybe maybe I'll do it tonight. Maybe I'll do it tonight on stage. Guerrilla warfare. Everybody, uh, the Viet Cong, they, they relied on guerrilla warfare, and somehow America is always shocked. We're always shocked. We have this big military that we're very proud of, and blah 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 blah. And it's happening now with the Taliban and ISIS, and right. we're like, oh, they're using guerrilla warfare. Mmm, like that's somehow cheating. No, that's the only hope they have. The only hope that ISIS and the Taliban have is guerrilla warfare. The only hope that the Viet Cong had was guerrilla warfare. Mm -hmm. The only hope that we had in the revolutionary war was guerrilla warfare. I know. Sitting in trees, shooting from tree chops. I mean, the British army was stunned, stunned. So so why, why are we always like, I don't know what to do. You think we would have a contingency plan. Right. You'd think that like, hmm, our country's based on shooting and running away, hitting them where they ain't. Mm, now they're doing it to us. What should we do? <laughs> it boggles my mind. It, I, I find it rather silly, actually. Like you said, if you, you, studied, if you studied military history at all, you'd know we kind of started that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's we we learned it from uh, from the Indians mm-hmm. in, in the French Indian War. They're like, oh yeah. my gosh, what these guys do is they wait till we're sleepy, then they kill a couple of us and they run away, and we can't even get them. <laughs> Seems <laughs> hey, like a winning uh, strategy. We had a British. Which, hey, speaking of winning strategies, I didn't want to forget to say this uh, to the NFL players. I guess there was a game in London. They all took a knee uh, for our national anthem, but then stood. Uh, for the for the British national anthem, yep. you tools, you total tools, <laughs> you're literally, literally standing for the country that was pretty much enslaving us, that wouldn't wouldn't let us vote. They were going to tax us. They treated us like second class citizens. Yeah, mm-hmm. way to stand for those guys. Way, way to come through in the clutch, you students of history, you brainiacs in <laughs> in shoulder pads, you morons of the helmeted parkway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the, it's just there's literally politics in everything now. Well, good, <sighs> good, because uh, then we can talk about it. And I, t- I, I would, I cannot wait to be on a bigger platform. I'm not going to say anything about it now. Uh, I, 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 this is the kind of thing that put it everywhere, put it everywhere, put it everywhere. Yeah, we need to make a decision. We, we either want to be a capitalists, uh, personal freedom, uh, personal liberty, or we want to be socialists. And, and here's the, the frightening thing the, the socialists are winning. They own the newspapers. They know they, uh, they run the internet. They have all this, these wonderful tools at their disposal. Uh, it's all about socialism. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's where I've been thinking about it for the past week or so. And it's, it's, it all has to be, uh, great propaganda, that makes socialism look bad because socialism is bad. Oh, it's terrible. It, it it is. Well, that like, was one. Of, that was one of the best lines in in the whole thing. Uh, the UN speech. Uh, Trump said, "No, Venezuela is implementing socialism by the book." In the gr- silence, I saw the clip of that one. I was like, "That's one. awesome!" <laughs> and I love how he paused for the silence. Uh huh. He like took a break. He's like, "Let's see who claps." Let's see who claps. Mm-hmm. There was a long pause. There was like a smattering of applause. No, Venezuela, Venezuela isn't socialism gone wrong. Venezuela is socialism. It's it's socialism in all its glory, and they are now researching whether farming rabbits can save people from starving. They're not researching, and they're telling people. I know. Start raising rabbits. You can exactly. eat them. Exactly. You can eat them. You breed fast, and you can eat them. Mm-hmm. That's what. That's why they eat bugs in China. That's why they eat bugs Ugh. in Korea. Ugh. Seriously, no one, no one walks around uh, in in any kind of developed nation and goes, "Ooh, a mealworm! Ew. I'm going to check that out. I bet that's delicious." Ugh. No, what happens is you're walking around and you're starving to death, and you're like, "I bet if I ate that mealworm, I would live for another ten seconds." <laughs> so I'm going to eat that mealworm. Okay, the mealworm didn't kill me. I'm going to start eating uh, cockroaches. I'm going to start eating crickets. There's tons of them around here. That's seriously. I know. But they're <laughs> a great source of protein. <laughs> that's that's what they say. I always I love it. I love it when they try to dress it up. Oh, the the latest rage that's sweeping Asia is chocolate covered crickets. They're a great source of protein. I'm not eating a bug. No. Uh, I'm you know not. what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna drive down to KFC and I'm gonna get some delicious Kentucky fried chicken. 
I don't know. I, I personally like to eat a lot of beef so I can get all that methane off. You know, uh, it's save it's, the planet, uh, eat a cow. It's funny, but it is uh, it is socialism. It's very funny. I would love to I would love to to take the official announcement from Venezuela about uh, hey, you guys might want to start thinking about uh, raising rabbits and and eating them, and then take that over to Michael Moore's house and go, hey, remember that lady in Flint, Michigan? Yeah, that uh, you interviewed who was. Uh, Raising the rabbits and killing them and selling the fur and eating them and stuff. Hey, look, this is what your system gets. Venezuela. It's Big Flint. That's what we should start calling Venezuela, by the way. Big Flint. Big Flint? That's big great. Flint. Oh, Mexico. Man. Mexican Flint. Big, big Venezuela Flint. It's all just – it's all uh, too much. And and for the people who desperately, desperately uh, want uh, the the government to run health care – Boy, oh boy. Uh, the the facts look, of that are just, just frightening. Just look just. north, my friends. Just look north. Canadians pay huge taxes. Then they have to go into lotteries to get a family doctor. And if you don't have a family doctor, you can't see a specialist. So you know what they do? They come across to our border towns and pay cash. They have, they, they have lotteries in Canada to get medical equipment. I know. Like we need... We need an ultrasound machine. We're going to have a lot. Holy moly. And look no farther uh, from the VA down the street. So, yes. uh, Government so- managed health care means rationing. If you don't think that, you're just stupid. <laughs> you know what? A little insulting, but true. Absolutely true. <laughs> you, 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 you know what? I would, I would say this. If you don't believe you're not stupid, you're ignorant. Okay. And ignorant in the, in the nicest sense of the word – Meaning you simply don't have an awareness of the facts. Well, I mean, Britain has announced they're doing rationing. Canada does rationing of medical equipment and services above a certain age, this, that, and the other thing. It is inherent in a socialized medical system that rationing occurs, and we see it in our own VA. The British the British and the UK have this thing uh, with older patients. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get to a certain age and your health care is getting so expensive and your quality of life, they have uh, – it's like a physician-assisted uh, – they call it transitioning. Yep. And now they've been helping people transition and these people have not asked to transition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's, there's people coming in to see – I'm coming in to visit Grandpa Joe. What do you mean? He's transitioned, but he didn't want to. He's going to get better. He's getting better. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. It's not fantastic. It's horrifying. It's horrifying, and I joke about it uh, to raise the point. Okay. In other things uh, that uh, that I find uh, horrifying and a little bit scary and and worth worth mentioning, uh, we've got the the Paul Manafort thing, the the Mueller investigation. Now they're uh, going into Manafort's ha- – they're, they're going back to like 2011, 2014 with that guy. He was wiretapped. We know he was wiretapped. To me, that vindicates Trump. However, uh, recently the, the, the FBI got into Manafort's home. Mm-hmm. They had a warrant. However, they didn't knock on the door. They didn't ring the doorbell and say, uh, hello, Mr. Manafort. We're the FBI. We're here to look at the documents. They waited till that dude was asleep. And then they picked the lock, and I think they did that for the effect. Of course. Personnel is policy, and we still have a ton of Obamaites in the FBI. And that is terrifying. 
It's totally oh, we, terrifying. We, we didn't want him destroying uh, evidence. So here's what you do. You watch his apartment, and when old Paul Manafort's walking home, I think he probably left the apartment. I think he still has a life. So as he's walking into his apartment, you say, hi, I'm with the FBI. Uh, we're going to go in there with you, and we're going to look around. We don't want you to destroy evidence. But to show in somebody's house and break in in the middle of the night while they're asleep, you're doing that with with the per- – you want to terrify that person. Yep. I don't like that. I don't like it when our government is weaponized like that. Nope, and it it seems like it's weaponized everywhere. Uh, and uh, and here here what? I want to get your thoughts on this. Why didn't uh, uh, why didn't the Keebler Elf guy uh, go after Lois Lerner? The Keebler Elf guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff Sessions. I don't know where that decision was ultimately made. That's what I don't get, and and it goes back to this entire thing where if you look throughout the government and all of these appointments that Trump has been prevented from taking, Obama Obama appointees are still in those positions. You know, when Ronald Reagan came into office, he asked every one of Carter's appointees, not just the top shelf, every single one of them to give their resignation, and if they didn't do it within a certain period of time, they were summarily fired. Personnel, personnel is policy, and the longer you let these Obama administration appointees sit in these seats, the less likely you're going to get anything done. Well, the IRS thing really irks me. It it, it irks me, and it it it's it's frightening. Mm-hmm. And I don't like being afraid of my government. I really don't. Nope. And I don't like you know, to the point where. Uh, you know, YouTube videos and stuff like that. It's like this this bizarre big brother. Don't don't raise a whole lot of waves or Google will just tell you you don't exist. Mm-hmm. Don't don't make too many waves or YouTube will tell you uh, you're offensive and you don't exist. I know a lot of people I can get a lot. I could get a lot more excitement. Mm-hmm. I know I could. I could get a lot more excitement for the Loftus party. Uh, and the flip side, if I was just vicious. Oh, and, and trust me, you guys, I, I could be so vicious, <laughs> like su- super. However, I really feel like I want to be a magnet. I want to attract and I don't want to repel. Uh, but I'm, I'm watching people that I know, people who I know are funny and they are being penalized for speaking up. Mm-hmm. And it's not in some outrageous uh, fashion. Uh, they're like uh, Owen, Owen Benjamin. Uh, did a funny little skit uh, with Steven Crowder the other day where Owen Benjamin, he does a great Jimmy Fallon impression. And he was it was the Jimmy Fallon show. And he's like, our first guest is uh, Joseph Stalin. And out comes Steven Crowder dressed as Joseph Stalin. <laughs> and I'm like, this is funny. Right. I mean, this is funny. This is and this is like this is a straight up comedic skit that was demonetized by YouTube. That's just crazy. I, I it mean, is. It, now, that is that's. That's going after comedy. They're going after comedy. They're going after parody. What, what was scary about that? What was scary? What was offensive? What was wrong? Now, I'll say this too. I watched a clip of the clip. I I, I watched what I thought was the entire uh, the entire thing. I didn't want to subscribe. <laughs> oh jeez, Louise! No, you got to It's it's that CRTV thing. I'm not. I can't subscribe oh, oh, to oh, CRTV. Oh. oh, I see. I see. I see. Um. No, did you see uh, who whose quote was today? I forget who said it. That if 
Blazing Saddles were a script today, it would not be made. Oh, Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Mel Mel Brooks was absolutely correct. Mel, it's listen, Blazing Saddles. I have a lot of thoughts on Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles barely got made when it got made. Right. Uh, and when people, when people, there it is, when people saw it, you know, there was a lot of people who were horrified, you know, yada, yada. However, a uh, pretty funny movie. But unfortunately, and I, I would say this to, to Mel, uh, to, to his face, the problem with Blazing Saddles, not my favorite movie of his. Oh, I'm not it's saying it's my favorite. I'm just saying you wouldn't have a show like The Jeffersons. You wouldn't no. have a show like All in the Family. And I'll tell you what, I go back to the theory that shows like that did more to improve relations in this country than anything else in the world. Because absolutely, you couldn't help but laugh <clears throat> at the ridiculousness of it when it's put in your face like that. Absolutely. I mean, what was more ridiculous than George Jefferson's complete uncomfortableness with his, you know, interracial couple neighbors. I mean, Archie Bunkers. I Archie, mean, there was yeah. <laughs> Archie. And that's the, that's the mother of them all. Archie Bunker begat Maud, begat the Jeffersons, mm-hmm. begat good times. It was yep. a, it was a wonderful time in television. It was all very funny, but however, really good points were made. Absolutely. And if Meathead can... made good points. Mm-hmm. Archie made good points. George Jefferson made great points. Lionel made great points. Right. And it, if you can do it with humor, it's the best way to go about it. Honestly, you know, yes, you go back funny. to Red Fox, Richard Pryor. I mean, none of the none of that would be OK today. Chris Rock did his – I tell you what, that first special he did at HBO mm-hmm. was very, very funny. And then uh, and then the black comedy community got on him. They're like, hey, 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 got to watch it, buddy. And then all of a sudden Chris was like, black power. <laughs> well. The, that first special was so dang funny though. Oh, he was hysterical. And I still laugh at the one about how not to get beat by the cops. Absolutely. It's uh, I t- uh, it's all good, and that I just realized it sounded completely racist to me. That that first special he did was great. Then he got all black power. It's kind of true though. Well, and it it, it, it goes back to politics. Is. Isn't uh, politics has killed comedy in a lot of ways, right? You can't you well, can't. Well, they're they're not doing themselves any favors. No, they're not. I mean, you know, when you have comedians who will not perform on college campuses because they're so sensitive to language, come on. It's bad. However, here's the great thing about the free market. Those colleges Mm -hmm. are now getting hurt. Oh, they are. Their enrollment is so down. (laughs) They aren't sending their kids there anymore. No. So that's great. So then you'll have a course correction. That's, That's you and I. Believing in free markets. Mm-hmm. Okay. If that's what you're going to teach, my kid isn't going to go to school there. Right. My kid's going to go somewhere else. So I'm, it's uh, you have these ebbs and flows, but uh, yeah, the market will take care of it. Oh, the I can't, market will I take care of it. wait for the market to take care of Berkeley. I mean, what out of state, what out of state parent is going to send their kid there? Oh my God. You won't, but you'll you'll have you'll have the big uh, upper crust lefty liberal loody loos who will still do it. Berkeley is still the blah blah blah. Berkeley is where I grab Berkeley. Um, I want to take my very brave stance on Lawrence O'Donnell. I don't want to forget to do that. Okay. <clears throat> hopefully, hopefully everyone has seen 
the Lawrence O'Donnell, the the eight minute meltdown he had. It was great. It was fun to watch. I'm not saying it wasn't fun to watch. I will say this, though. He had every reason to be pissed. <laughs> like, I'm totally on his side. And, and this is the same thing. I, t- I totally enjoy uh, the Bill O'Reilly meltdown. The, right. the one from Inside Edition. F it! We'll do it live! However... Did you see them have, meld those two together? It was great. It was I awesome. Have, <laughs> I have walked in their moccasins. Mm-hmm. You are out there on stage. You are all by yourself. You are supposed to behave in a certain way. You have the idea of the show you want to do. And when when the wheels start falling off the wagon and and Lawrence O'Donnell had a bad day, had a bad day. First, the earpiece is going and he's hearing some lady uh, talking about the great Labor Day sale that's going on when he's hoping it's a satellite feed. That's upsetting. Then there's construction going on. Uh, that's upsetting. Then they've they've done the wrong edit on the video package. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. If I was Lawrence O'Donnell, and this is what I like about Donald Trump, Lawrence O'Donnell should not have apologized. Oh, he if apologized? I, was a, I didn't. Yes, I, he I did because he's a little beta puss. Oh. Uh, if I was a if I was a better news anchor, if I was a better anchor man, if I was a better host, I would have behaved. And no, you're allowed, no, you were, to, guy. You were just having a bad day. It's fine. You're supposed to be surrounded by trained professionals. Exactly. When the earpiece, when some dumb bitch is talking about the Labor Day sale, instead of you having like freaking uh, Benjamin Netanyahu in the earpiece, you're allowed to get mad. You're allowed to get mad. Well, I loved it though. Visually, it's so fun. At one point, because I've always thought Lawrence O'Donnell looks like a mad scientist. I thought mm-hmm. that's what I'm Lawrence O'Donnell, and I'm a mad scientist. I'm gonna take the brain from a rabbit and put it inside a monkey. Let's see how the monkey tries to find food. We'll be right back. <laughs> I, I've always thought he's a moron. I love making fun of him. And there's one point in the video where he he raises his hands uh, like towards the heavens and then clenches his fist like <laughs> that's the best. That's that's my favorite moment. That look of frustration. However, uh, Larry, if you're listening, and I know you're not, uh, I feel you, buddy. I feel you. And We're I on wish your you side. Mm-hmm. We are totally on your side. Yep, yep. Hey, speaking of trained professionals, did you see the uh, article written by Bill Clinton's uh, pollster about Hillary's campaign? No, I did not. Oh my God, he trashed her. She just releases this book about what happened, right? And he completely trashed her. He took a look at the campaign strategy and basically said she had a bunch of idiots working for her. (laughs) I thought it was great. She did. She was surrounded by yes men Mm -hmm. and yes women and sycophants and everybody. They were counting their money. They were already counting. It's like the people who invested in the Clinton Foundation. Mm -hmm. She will become the next president and then we'll get – because we've given so much money to the Clinton Foundation, we're going to get preferred treatment. They were all counting – they were all counting uh, their chickens before they uh, hatched. Oh, well, and she really doubled down on white women this week and how stupid we are. So that was great. And and to this day – and I mentioned this. I do those little vlogs. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is fantastic. Which is fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. I can't thank the the audience enough. And in doing research for that, she and I, and I mentioned this in the, in the vlog. She still doesn't know what she would do if she was president. No, she's still like she's had 
over a year to think about this. Mm-hmm. Well, even more if you count the time when she decided she wanted she wanted to run. Well, that she was in nineteen eighty eight. She had no plans. She had no plans. It was just going to be the same, the same old, same old. It so was gonna be I have a no con- time for her. Continuation of Obama policy, and it was her, her term got, turn. Gosh darn it! I mean, it was just her turn. So the comments on Facebook, people are like, oh, my gosh, you're so funny. You know, thank you. This is funny. Yeah, we're saying goodbye to her, too. It's kind of sad, yada, yada. And this one guy, he's like, why are you still talking about Hillary Clinton? I used to think you're funny. I've lost interest in this guy. (laughs) I'm like, way to get the point, dude. (laughs) The The entire video piece is, yeah, we're done. We're done. We're done. She's She's got her book out. And now it's the last goodbye. And I don't even know why you're still talking about her. Uh, you've lost my interest. I used to think you were funny. <laughs> well, congratulations, Dorco. You made the show. <laughs> oh. So much fun to be had. Well, no longer at Hillary's expense, though. I know. I so know. Poor, poor Larry O'Donnell. Poor, uh... I don't want to say poor Manafort, but that that had to suck waking up with the FBI. Ah, we're here. That's just terrifying. <laughs> it is. It's yeah. terrifying and not good. But way to go, Bill and Melinda Gates. Forty-one billion. I had to rewind that. I saw it on uh, the Fox News Sunday mm-hmm. with the with the Chris Wallace, and I'm like, I didn't hear that right. Forty-one billion they've raised and spent to help I, I, save people's lives in third world countries. I rewound it like three times. I went online and I confirmed it. $41 billion. Yep. And they do so, it right. And if you actually go to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation on Charity Navigator, they're rated very high because so much of what they raise goes directly to help and not to administrative costs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do a very good job. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. And I guess they have a little thing. They have like this little mini club where uh, they hope to get like 25 or 30 you know, millionaires to – they get together and they talk about the world problems and what they can do and how they can be more efficient and all these other things. That list is is now well over 100. Wow. At the, the giant meeting that they have, uh, which is great, which – and this is the thing that I – I guess I'm showing my ignorance here. They have – part of the things that they do in their meetings is like how can we do this more efficiently? Where are we wasting money? How can we do better? How can we do better? How can mm-hmm. we do better? And it occurred to me the, the only way I would vote for an increase in government is if somebody started a how can we do better department. <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't there be a, a – I'm, 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 I just thought of it in the moment and it will probably be my, my Michael-topia. But shouldn't that – shouldn't there be – like I know there's like probably some office of accountability or some crap yeah, like that. Yeah, the, there is the government office of accountability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they need to have a, a national address. They need to uh, be given a platform. You know, the little books are funny. Like here's where all the pork spending was and then they just change the name of pork. Here's how your money was wasted. We paid $250,000 for a study on honeybee, blah, blah, blah. However – I want people to be shouting from the rooftops. Uh, the Department of Energy has this big of a budget. They only get bigger. They don't do crap. Right. Well, maybe maybe the Office of Government Accountability shouldn't report into the government. Maybe it should report into the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. 
Yes. yes. Or maybe they should report to the American people. Maybe there should be – maybe that should be a segment on Jimmy Kimmel's show. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. I Here's think, how they're wasting your money. Yeah. Maybe, Jimmy, if we figured out how they were wasting all the money they waste, we could pay for your health care. No, wait. Yes. That's the wrong idea. What? Huh? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, then you can talk about making uh, a huge Medicaid and Medicare – uh, expansion. Shame on you, John McCain. Ah, that guy makes me mad. I just—he's got to switch party affiliations at this point. Oh. Just be honest. And here's the other one. Here's what drives people crazy. And this is what will help uh, the conservative movement. This is what will help the right. In Bre- they voted for Brexit mm-hmm. a long time ago, right? And now they're saying they'll probably—they'll probably. They'll probably do- Start implement, implementing uh, Brexit in two years. Well, are the people who voted for Brexit okay with that? No. And hopefully they'll get more and more upset. Like, I, I don't want that in two years. I want it like tomorrow. Right. And that just that just seems like you vote for this change. Uh, implement it. Go. That's uh, the people have spoken. Why? Why else do you have a uh, a democracy uh, at all if if you're not going to implement the actual changes? Because I tell you what they're doing. They're hoping and praying that they'll find another way to vote on it. They're hoping and praying Mm -hmm. they can find a way not to do it. And that's why they're waiting. And it's such a a gross and simple manipulation of the will of the people. That's horrible. I'd be so pissed. No kidding. And well, and I mean, the, the powers that be that decided that referendum was okay were no different than the Obama administration who decided to wiretap Manafort. They thought they were going to win, so it was never going to be an issue. Exactly. So, oh, and then who's that? Who's that uh, horrible skank of a lady who was uh, a UN appointee from Obama who was just unmasking people at the at the rate <laughs> of like one a day. Samantha Powers, the same one that Samantha, lied. Yeah, the same one that lied about the YouTube video. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, the, the, you go back to the previous dude, uh, John Bolton, mm-hmm. and I think his entire tenure at the UN, he he asked for four. Yep. <laughs> and this chick's one a day for two hundred and sixty days. <laughs> I I think something's wrong. I, 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 <laughs> like I, these I, these these two I, things don't line up. Well, between the wiretaps and the unmasking and Susan Rice and, hmm, I detect a trend. <laughs> this, this can really only mean one thing. Can somebody please just say it? This is so much worse than Watergate. Watergate was eight minutes of tape. This was yes. a months-long initiative by the Obama administration. There is no other explanation. And when the big media outlets aren't just shouting this from the rooftops mm-hmm. – I know that they don't have my best interests in heart. No, they don't. So therefore, I don't trust them. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a TV show. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to start a website. (laughs) Hey, look, I did it. Yay. We did it. We've got those things. All right. And they're just getting bigger. I can't uh, thank everybody enough. Uh, uh, I'm a little bit hesitant to say that. I know that there was some – I suspect some shenanigans were going on with the way uh, they count subscribers and blah, blah, blah. However, we seem to have uh, uh, gotten through that. Here's the great thing. When you share the videos, more people see the videos. More people see the videos, more people subscribe, more subscribers 
then you've got the snowball effect. Then we, then, then we more have peop- more people on our side. Exactly. Yes. And that is what we want. And that is so fun to watch it happen. Mm-hmm. It is so fun. Uh, I'm delighted. And now, in no way are we some kind of powerhouse. No. How we're going to be. We're going to be. And it's we're, it's happening as we speak. And it's yep. wonderful. And I cannot thank you guys enough. Uh, it's, it's the little engine that could. And it's fun. And uh, we're having a blast doing it. So we want to thank you. So let us now stick the dismount like Mary Lou Retton with a broken ankle. And <laughs> you can do it. You got to stick the landing uh, and hit some Michael Topias. Now, in the real world, um, there's some crazy rules and laws we have to live by, and, and they make our life miserable. But in Michael Topia, there's a different set of uh, laws and rules. So here's uh, a new rule for Michael Topia. What do you got? Unfortunately, it's Hillary, and I apologize ahead of time. No, for that's bringing fine. Her back up, but I, I, I never, I never said we would never go back to Hillary. Well, I'm like, it's just not going to be the focus. Well, in Michael Topia. If you publicly suggest that we should be more like Kenya, that segment never airs and you are removed from public life. <laughs> what in the heck happened? Oh, because, you know, don't you remember during the election when Trump said it's rigged and I might not be happy or maybe I'll question it. And, you know, Hillary Clinton said that was just terribly un-American. Now yeah. she's all over NPR saying she's not accepting the election results and holds Kenya up as an example when they invalidated a popular election because they thought there might have been tampering. Kenya has one party. They do things like that all the time. And to suggest that we should be more like Kenya is just – the insanity with that is just beyond the pale. That's hilarious. That poor, poor <laughs> – Woman needs to go back to the woods with a couple of bottles of Chardonnay. Yeah, so pretty, please, and tell your glad, kid, tell your kid glad, to stop glad. tweeting. Tell your kid to stop tweeting. Uh, poor, poor, poor Chelsea, Chelsea Junior. Yeah, she is. She, <laughs> she's not going to happen. In Michael Topia, uh, we put our money where our mouth is. If you want to protest, that's fine and wonderful. However, you also have to do something. You can't just stomp your feet and say, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. You actually have to try to do something. This goes back to the uh, St. Jude's, the Shriners, the Jimmy Kimmel's of it all. What's your solution? Now, I know that not everybody's going to be able to do that. So uh, we we still have the First Amendment, Michael Topia. You can still do that and just say, this is an injustice. However, uh, after a certain point, what are you what are you upset about and what is your plan to fix it well and you still probably shouldn't do it at work true true yep you don't, you don't see uh, vegans protesting uh, Ben and Jerry's ice cream or scooping out the ice cream and because I'm a vegan I spit in your ice cream that's my first amendment right is to spit on ice cream not when you're dishing it out you loser <laughs> How about that? Okay, that is this week's show. Thank you guys so much. Holy smoke. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to start. Uh, we might have we might have an interview for next week. I'm not going to say anything. There could be a, a section of the show that's dedicated to a little bit of an interview. That's what they call a teaser in the business. And, uh, and starting next week, uh, some other big changes are coming around. So I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Until then... Uh, Keep your crotch clean and your hands on your head. I don't know what that means. 